Welcome to the Sunday Morning Podcast from Kingdom Faith Church in Burgess Hill. This message is by Sharon Vanderput. In Acts 13, 2 verse 3, it says, While they were worshipping the Lord and fasting, the Holy Spirit said, Set apart for me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I have called them. So after they had fasted and prayed, they placed their hands on them and sent them off. I'm just sharing this uh, verse because this is what we're doing this morning. We do not take any of this lightly um, in any sense. Kevin and I have really, really taken our time (laughs) four years in, in building our leadership team because we wanted to make sure that we are really doing it prayerfully and that it's really the right people at the right time, right? Because timings is one of those things as well. So um, we really are so excited for what God has for us that we have a wonderful and beautiful team, which is just such a blessing to us as well, but I pray that it will be such a blessing to you guys as well. Okay, one last thing, important thing to say, and then we're gonna, I'm going to need a volunteer. So um, especially if you're younger, you might want to think about volunteering because this, this one is specifically for you. Um, can you say important? important? Important. So just as we said that on the 20th of August, we will not be here, but we will be doing church in the park, Sharing Jesus with people, games, food, football, all that stuff will be great. Um, On the Sunday after, the 27th, we would usually have church in a home. However, we're going to be in here instead, um, as well as the next Sunday, the 3rd of September, which we would be here anyway. So we're going to have two Sundays in a row here, okay? There's a specific reason for that is because of... um, You know, as we're launching into September, Church in the Home, our hub community groups, we just want to give you guys some time and us some time to communicate what it's going to look like, how it's going to happen, who are going to be the hub leaders, etc., etc. So we're going to start talking about that really on the 27th of August, 3rd of September, and then on the 10th of September when we have Church in the Home, we're going to be in our community groups. Now we're very aware September is going to be a month of transition, so people are away, things are not always like everyone's here, everyone's settled. So we're going to we know that September is going to be a bit of a transition month and probably till October not everything is going to be like fully set and settled. But I'm just asking you to I'm telling you this to please ease your nerves. If you're being worried about this or anxious about this, please do not worry, okay? We are going to be talking to you about this. We just want to make sure, again, like before, that we're doing the right thing at the right time and not rushing things. So if we take our time, we're going to take our time, okay? If things are going to be a bit later, things are going to be a bit later, but we're going to do things the right way because um, it's important. If you're like, church in the home, hub communities, what you're talking about, i got no clue what you're talking about, that's absolutely fine. Come and find me and I'll very gladly have a conversation with you. Also, just one other thing I want to mention. We're not going to force you, okay, to be in a hub community group. We're never going to do that because that's not who we are, okay? However, we are going to present of this is like these are the hub leaders. This is probably what's going to be in your area. And we are very much going to ask you to and welcome you to have conversations with us, okay? And if you're worried about anything or concerned, just please, let's talk, okay? Let's not sweep things under the rug. Let's not, like, keep anxious things to ourselves. Just chat to us about it, okay? Yes? Is that okay? Cool. And we want to make sure that we're moving forward in unity and peace, but don't worry, we'll have, like, three weeks before we're actually in there. From the moment we start telling you things, exactly the details to when we're actually there, you've got three weeks to think and pray and chat and all of that, okay? 
it's gonna be great, fantastic. Okay, so this morning, we are going to be talking about our second pillar. So we've been in a series talking about the pillars of, of our faith, of Christianity. And we spoke about worship last week. Today we're going to speak on the word. Next week we'll talk about prayer. And then when we're in the park, it'll be, we'll be witnesses, okay? But we're not just going to talk about it. We're actually going to do it. Cool? So we're going to talk about the word today. Now, what is the word of God? Someone help me out. This is, I'm going to ask you to respond to me today and talk to me, okay? So just give you a heads up. Talk to me, okay? Um, what is the word of God? The Bible. Yes. Well done. Good. You're winning already. Um, and we're going to base our passage today off of Ephesians 6, which is going to be on the screen, but I'm going to ask someone to read it to us, if that's okay. Um, Ephesians 6, verse 10 to 17. If I could have a volunteer to read the verses out. Um, Matt, would you mind if I borrow your mic to just... Um, thank you. Sorry, John, I'm going to mess a little bit here with your plans. I'm just going to give the mic to someone to read. Ephesians 6, chapter 6, so it's in the New Testament. Ephesians 6, verse 10 to 17, is on the armor of God, okay? And we're going to focus on one specific part of the armor of God, um, but I'm just going to ask someone to read that out. Any volunteering to read out? Yes, Luke, go for it. Go for it. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all, to stand. Stand, therefore, having girded your waist with truth, having put on the breastplate of righteousness, and having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Above all, taking the shield of faith, with which you will be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one, and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. Praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit, being watchful to this, uh, to this end with all our perseverance and supplication for all the saints. That's great. Thank you very much. All right. No, that's great. Thank you very much. Okay. Can I have... a uh, a young volunteer, please. I've actually got an armor of God here this morning. And um, I'm sorry, because I'm going to move, John. So if this makes weird noises, I apologize. Um, but I've got an armor of God, and I need someone to put it on them for an illustration, um, if that's OK. Don't be shy, people. This will be fine. John's saying if it's not one of the younger guys, John will do it. So. Ethan. Ethan. <laughs> <laughs> right. Come on, boys. One of you. Jordan Lee, do you want to do it? Come on, Jordan Lee. <laughs> Let's give you a clap. This helmet might be a little bit smaller. <laughs> All right. So, what is this? A helmet. A helmet. Do you want to put it on, Jordan Lee? Fantastic. What does the Bible say about the helmet? What did we just read about? Um, I forgot. It has a word on here. Salvation. salvation. It's the helmet of salvation, okay? What is this? Shield. Shield and has a word on it. What does it say? Faith, okay. Very important part, hey? 
Okay. I've got some more things here for you. I've got this. What is this? Breastplate. You want to put it on, mate? And what does what did what we just read about? What does it represent? Righteousness. Well done. Cool. You look awesome. Someone take a picture of him. He's great. Um, so you've got a shield. I've got actually a second shield. Which one do you prefer, mate? I'd have this one. You have that one. Great. And then what is this? Sword of the Spirit. Sword of the Spirit. It's a sword. Could you hold that, please? And then look. What you do is you put your arm through this, or maybe it doesn't fit through. That's fine. Oh, it does. Amazing. See, you were made for this armor. Amazing. Fantastic. Okay. So we've got an armor of God, and we're going to focus. Now, this is not complete, okay? And I'm very aware we've left out some pieces, but we've got some very important ones here. And we're going to speak about one specific one this morning, and I've kind of given it away a little bit this morning. Anyone want to give me a guess of which part of this armor we're going to talk about? The sword. The sword. Amazing. Well done. So we're going to talk about this one. Um, And um, if you just want to stand there for one more moment. We're going to focus on that piece of the armor because actually, this is, you can see this armor, right? It is visible, right? But what we've just read about is a spiritual armor, something that you can't touch, can't really see, but you very much can do a lot with it, all right? So this is visible, but what we're talking about is spiritual armor, something you can't see, okay? And the things you can do with with this armor are obviously very tangible and you can you can see the things you would do with it, right? So we're gonna talk about that sword. So um, thank you, Jordan Lee. You were an amazing assistant. I'm gonna ask you to come back up later again, okay? okay. Is that all right? Yeah. And I'm gonna need someone else to join you um, at some point. Thank you very much. Really appreciate it. Let's give him a hand. Thank you very much. Thank you. We've got an armor here, and we're going to focus on this sword, okay? Now, what is the Word of God? We establish it is the Bible. So what is the Bible, right? It is, as we just said, the Word of God. And um, in, this, in this, it's what we call full of books, right? There's books in there, which are filled with chapters, which are filled with verses. And actually... There is verses in the Bible about the Bible. Did you know that? There's verses in the Bible about the Bible. And it says in Hebrews 4.12, and it's going to come up on your screen, for the word of God, so the Bible, is alive and active, sharper than any double-edged sword. Look at my amazing double-edged sword here. It is sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates even to dividing soul and spirit, So what is of God, what isn't of God? Joints and marrow, it judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. So sharper than any double-edged sword. So we're going with the theme of something sharper than a sword, okay? And it is alive and it is active, okay? Isn't that really cool? That means that the words here are not just words, but they actually are life. They are alive and they're active. They move, right? And they even shape and create. 
You might be like, whoa, 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 what are you talking about here? Well, if we look back at Genesis 1, the first three verses of the Bible, it says, In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Now the earth was formless and empty. Darkness was over the surface of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. And God said, God's words, let there be light, and there was light. So simple, right? God says it, and it happens. But it's not just that he spoke the words, but the words actually created something, which is so mind-blowing if you think about it. When you speak, does that create something? It actually does. Our words have so much power, but God's word actually gives life. Only his words carry true life because they're alive right? Our words simply are mere words. They're dead. They can't produce life. But see, when God spoke his word, it formed and it created. And something that wasn't there before was there. And what he spoke happened. That's some really powerful words God has, hey? And so just like we saw with these verses, when we ourselves speak God's word, right? Power is released because these verses in the Bible, they carry the same power and authority that formed the universe, right? Now, the words themselves carry the power. Why? Because they are from God, right? So the reason that this is so powerful is not because they're just words on a page, but because they're God's words. And actually, these words are not just ink on a piece of paper, but they're actually alive and active, but you won't experience that unless you use it, okay? Now, let's just say one more thing about the Bible. 2 Timothy 3.16 says, All scripture, all scripture is inspired by God and is useful to teach us what is true and makes us realize what is wrong in our lives. It corrects us when we are wrong and teaches us to do what is right. That's very practical, isn't it? How wonderful it is that actually we have something so precious and so amazing that not only is alive and active, but teaches us what is right, teaches us what is wrong, that corrects us and helps us live the right way. We've got to be excited about this. There is everything you will need is in the Bible, Amen. right? Not other books, podcasts, even preachers, worship songs, whatever, are not going to have everything you need. My word today is not going to have everything you need, but this does, yeah. right? Because it is, it is absolute truth. It is absolute truth. And everything you need is in this book. Because as we just said, it helps us see what is right and what is wrong. So it helps us see, right? So we're going to focus on this aspect just for a minute. It helps us see, but it doesn't just help us necessarily see physical things. It helps us see spiritual things. Just like when Jordan Lee was wearing that armor, I was saying, you can see that armor, but the armor of God is a spiritual thing. It's not something you can actually see with your eyes, but God still wants it to become very tangible and real to us, right? So um, can someone read Psalm 119? Verse 100 and chapter 119, verse 105 for me, please. It's on the screen, actually. Someone want to read it for me? John, go in there. Your word is a lamp for my feet, a light on my path. So God's word is light, 
It's a lamp. It illuminates where we're going. It's a light on our path. So it shows us where we are. It shows us where we're going. And it illuminates our lives. If you feel stuck, confused, you don't know who you are, where you're going, what's going on, what's happening, the Word of God will help you see. Because those things are not necessarily things going on that you can see, but most of the time when you're feeling that way, it's things that are going on in the spiritual realm, right? And this will help you see. Now, um, I've got some, a little something, a scientific experiment for you today. Is that okay? Which is going to illustrate a little bit of what we're about to say. So um, the Sapir-Whorf hypothesis of linguistic relativity, it's a perfect terminology for family service, hey, suggests that our understanding and our thoughts are formed by our words and language. It might sound crazy, but actually people have done experiments on this, and it seems to suggest that it's true. So are you okay to be part of a scientific experiment with me this morning? Is that okay? Okay, wonderful. So um, we can have the first slide come up, please, just the title. So it is all based on squares and colors, okay? So I'm just going to do this, just give you a little background, really short. So in 2006, a psychologist from Goldsmith University of London, Jules Davidoff, worked with the Himba tribe, which are in Namibia right? And in their language, there is no word for blue. To test whether that meant that they could actually see the color blue or not, he showed members of the tribe a circle with 11 green squares and one obviously blue square. Can we show the next slide, please? So, show them this, okay? This squares. Now, can you tell me which number the blue square is? 11. Well done. Can we have the next slide? Yes, confirms. Well done. You saw that. Did you find that easy? Yes. Okay, amazing. So the Himba tribe struggled to tell Davidoff which of the squares was a different color to the others. Quite interesting, isn't it? Those who did hazard a guess at which square was different took a long time to get the answer right, and there was a lot of mistakes. But interestingly, the Himba have lots more words for green than we do. So to reverse the experiment, Davidoff showed English speakers this same circle experiment with 11 squares of one shade of green and then one odd square of a different shade. So can we have the green squares, please? Yes. Sorry, the slate is a bit cut off. It's different formatting when it came on the computer. Anyways, so you can see the squares, though. So if you look at this, and I'm sorry, I saw our projector is not the best quality, but either way, I'm pretty sure it's very difficult for us to get it. I found it really difficult. But you can try if you want. So which number of this square is a different color? I had six, four, five, seven, two. Who said two? Said two. Okay, yeah. Anyone else want to make a guess? Okay. Um, do you want to do the next slide? Let's see the answer. It's number nine. Who said nine? Well done. Amazing. Really good. So. It's really tough, right? So the Himba tribe could spot the odd square out straight away, right? 
because they have the words for different shades of green. They can identify them very easily. Their eyes aren't any different to ours. They just have the words they need to recognize the differences. Okay? So it's the same with God's word. Without God's word, we don't see what's happening spiritually and what's going on. We don't understand what is right or wrong, good or evil, or truth or lies. It's all green to us. <laughs> right? So just a little illustration and experiment that actually this helps us see. And when we have the words for it, we will see it. If we don't have the words for it, we won't see it. Okay? So the word of God is a light. So we have established that the word of God is sharper than any double-edged sword and that it is a light. So what is sharper than a sword and light? A lightsaber. <laughs> lightsaber. Anyone here a Star Wars fan? Show of hands, anyone like Star Wars? Okay. So I've got... Thank you to my wonderful assistants. I've actually got a lightsaber here today. Look at this. Okay, I'm going to need someone to come up, please, and hold this for me, for this illustration. Who wants to hold a lightsaber? Okay, come on then, mate. So, what is cool about a lightsaber? Can you tell us? Um, it can slice someone in half. <laughs> exactly. So, so, it's very sharp. Yeah? Sharp. Why is it? Why is it not like this sword? Because it's not like... It's not metal. Yeah, it's... It's a... Uh, it's a laser. Yeah. I think so, right? Someone correct? It's laser. Cool. So, it is a light saber and it's a laser. So, it's sharper than metal, than a sword, but it is also light. This one sadly doesn't light up. But just picture it like glowing, like in the movies it Star Wars, okay? Um... And um, actually, this lightsaber is really cool. But if I was to put you in a Star Wars movie right now and you'd have to use it, would you feel like you would know what to do? Not really. Not really. <laughs> okay. See, the thing is that we have to learn how to use this, right? Otherwise, he's going to end up hurting himself or someone else around him with a laser thing, you know, <laughs> hanging about. Um, it'll be like, whoop, part of my shoe is just off. And it, it's something we have to learn how to use. And it's the same with the Bible. We have to learn how to use it. Otherwise, we'll end up harming ourselves and people's around, people around us. Because it's actually a weapon in a good way. And the only part of the armor of God that is an offensive weapon is the sword, right? So we're going to talk a little bit about the lightsaber. Thank you very much. I, I might ask for your help later on again. But thank you. Let's give an applause. So, it's the same with the Word of God. We actually need to learn how to use it. So we have to use it and then learn how to use it. If this is just lying around at home, it's just going to be a collective and a toy. Right? It's the same with the Bible. We actually have to take it and use it. Even if, let's say, you, um, you, see, you have a Bible at home. Fantastic. You even look at it. Great. You read it open it every now and then, fantastic, it's going to feed your spirit, but you will only experience the power of it as a weapon if you use it as one. If I only use this as decoration, it's only ever going to be that. 
But if I actually learn to use it as a weapon, it's going to become one. Right? So we have to learn how to use this as a weapon. And I promise you, if you learn how to use the Word of God as a weapon in a good way, and I'm going to come to that point in a minute, okay, you're going to experience the power of it. But if you only see it as something that feeds your spirit and you read, but you don't actually use it, you're not going to tap into the power of that. Okay? So you might find the Bible boring. You might like, I don't really know. You might read it. Don't know. The thing about it is, though, the more you read it, the more you feed it, all of a sudden, you'll find yourself in situations where things come to mind and you're like, oh, but actually the Bible says this, and oh, this is an encouragement, and oh, actually that, because when we read it, because it is alive and active, it's not just something that goes into our minds, it's actually something that gets deposited into our hearts, filled in our hearts and in our spirit, that then can be used, right? which is really cool. So we have to learn how to use the Bible because as we saw, it's alive and active. Now, let me be really clear that we do not use the word of God as a weapon against people, okay? Because the Bible is very clear that our fight is not against flesh and blood. We just read that earlier in Ephesians 6, didn't we? What does that mean? It means that our fight is not against humans, right? Against people. But it's against the spiritual things and beings behind that. Okay? So it is invisible to us most of the time, but yet still very powerful. And actually, yes, the enemy is powerful, but God is so much more powerful. And has actually already defeated him by going to the cross, dying on the cross, and being raised again by the power of God. Right? So we do not need to be afraid of the enemy because God is almighty and all-powerful and he's given us a weapon, but we have the responsibility to learn how to use it, okay? And we don't use it as against people to destroy and tear down. We use it to encourage and build people up, but we do definitely use it to destroy and tear down bad spiritual things. Yes? Cool. Lies? No. No not having that, destroy, cut through, okay? Anything like that, we like, no. So let, let's look at another verse so I can just make this point. Second Corinthians 10, verses three to five. It says, for though we live in the world, we do not wage war as the world does, right? The weapons we fight with are not the weapons of the world. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God and we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. Now that's a lot of words and it's very deep and it takes quite a while to really fully study this. And you can, you know, maybe this week, have a look at this verse. But it makes it very clear that we do not fight like the world does with physical weapons, it's spiritual things. Anger, hatred, we don't come against it with a physical weapon. We come against it with the word of God, with a spiritual weapon, because it's actually more powerful than an actual sword. Because <laughs> it's sharper than a double-edged sword. So when we recognize that the Bible's words have power, like we recognize that the lightsaber has power, but it begs the question, so we're supposed to use it as a weapon, as the word of God as a weapon. How are we to use it as a weapon? right? Begs the Christian. How do we use it in the right way against an enemy that you can't see? Okay, how do we do that? So actually, Jesus 
teaches us how to do that brilliantly in Matthew 4. And we're going to read 10 verses together. Um, can I ask for a volunteer to read that again, please? Matthew chapter 4, verses 4 to 11. Amazing. Thank you very much. So we're going to look at this passage and we're going to learn from Jesus how to use the word of God. Because every time he says, it is written, he's actually quoting a verse from the Bible. It is written, verse of the Bible, right? And in one way, that can challenge us to how well do we know the Bible, right? Because things are going to come against us. Let me tell you, spoiler alert, life is hard. Things are going to happen. But we are not people that are hopeless. We've got hope. We've got words of life, and they bring life, and we're going to talk about that in just a minute. Now, can I have, Jordan Lee, do you want to come back up for me again, please? Thank you. Can you hold the sword, because you were, you were the, the man in the armor of God, okay? And then um, I will hold the, the, the lightsaber. Is that okay if I hold the lightsaber, just so I can make my point? So, in a battle of the sword and the lightsaber, who would win? Why? Yes, because it's sharper, right? It cuts through the metal. So the enemy might come against you and just, I mean, he's just so gorgeous and sweet. But let's just picture, okay, Jordan is coming to attack me. Picture it as the fear coming against you, sickness coming against you, anger coming against you, difficulties, whatever it is, okay? Name it. Difficult things. The enemy is trying to use it against you. He's trying to come and attack you. Okay? Do an attack position, Jordan Lee. Can you do an attack position? There we go. He's trying to attack. Okay? Now, of course, if I don't use my sword and I use my shield, I can defend, right? Let me use it. I can defend. Oh, my little thing just came off. Um, sorry. So if it comes against me, I can defend, right? With faith. I can defend. Hit the shield. There we go. I can defend. But I'm just going to be keep trying to hold him off, hold him off, hold him off. I'm never actually going to defeat him with faith. Sounds really bad. But faith is powerful. But unless I use the word of God, the sword of the spirit, and I counterattack, I'm not going to take him out. I'm just going to keep holding up, holding up, standing in faith, persevering in faith. Let's keep going in faith. Come on, a little bit longer, a little longer. Instead of us just holding on in faith, let's use the faith, but let's use this. Right? <laughs> well done. Well done. Thank you so much. Um, so we agree, right, that the word of God is more powerful, right? We've read about that. It creates, it forms, it shapes, it's moved, it's alive and active. And it's life, so it defeats death and everything else. Okay, so let's observe something else that Jesus do. Where just Jesus did. When a devil came against him, what did the enemy say? He say, said things, right? Tried to deceive him, tried to lie to him, tried to question, is God really a loving father to you? Are you really God? All of that. Tried to come against with lies, right? Now, Jesus counted him straight away, just like we saw. And something that we can really learn from is that actually when the enemy comes, let's be really practical here, okay? Say, 
okay, you are not loved, right? And you've done too much bad stuff in your life for God to love you, okay? Can you do an attack position again? It's trying to come against me. Okay, what would you do? Can you, sorry, did you not? <laughs> this is great, thank you. Um, we would, I'd have to block first, right? So you block. I'm not so good at this stuff. I can't try it, no. So I'd have to block his counterattack and say, no, this is not coming near me. I'm not going to let this sword, this lie, this attack come close to me. Right? So I have to block it, block it first. So I block your, your thing. And then I'm not going to side in the blocking. And then I come and I, I counterattack with a verse from God. Is that okay? Yep. All right. Thank you, Jordan. I appreciate it. I don't want to make a stand up for longer. For us to be able to recognize a lie, because the, the enemy and devil really tried, hey? It was Jesus, so he knew he'd have to come with his best game. He'd say, he'd say things to come against him. And say, if you are the son of God, right? Are you really? If you are, trying to bring doubt. says, and then even try to use the word of God out of context try to bring it against him in a way to try to be like, okay, you use the Bible, I can use the Bible too, right? This is why it's so important that we know the whole Bible because things taken out of context, it can be dangerous. We really need to know our stuff, yeah? yeah? So Jesus actually comes and corrects him and we read about the word of God being something that we can use to correct, right? Not we correct the word, but the word of God corrects us. And correct things, yeah? yeah? Okay, sorry, I need to forward, move forward on this one. Now, verse, Proverbs 4, 20 to 22 says, My son, pay attention to what I say. Turn your ear to my words. There's an action involved. We have to turn our ear to it. We have to pay attention. Do not let them out of your sight. Keep them within your heart, for they are life to those who find them and health to one's whole body. Now, actually, if we would cling to these words of God so tightly, know them, learn them, treasure them, this says there will actually be life and health to one's whole body. You can be like, whoa, okay, so words can be life to me, give me life, and also be health and bring healing? How is that possible? How can words be so powerful? It's because the words are not actually just words, but they're actually a person. The words of God, the word of God is actually a person. It's Jesus. We're like, hang on a minute. What are you talking about? Let me show it to you. John 1. It says, in the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through him, all things were made, right? Because the words have creative power. Without him, nothing was made that has been made. In him was a life, and that life was the light of all mankind. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it, right? Word of God is more powerful. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. Not talking about this John here, we're talking about John the Baptist. He came as a witness to testify concerning that light so that through him all might believe. 
He himself was not the light. He came only as a witness to the light. The true light that gives light to everyone was coming into the world. He was in the world, and though the world was made through him, the world did not recognize him. He came to that which was his own, but his own did not receive him. Yet, to all who did receive him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. How amazing is that? Children born not of natural descent, nor of human decision or a husband's will, but born of God, right? Again, the spiritual. The word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and the only son who came from the father full of grace and truth. The word became flesh. That's talking about Jesus when he came down, took on human form. The actual word took on shape, became flesh, took on form, became tangible. And that's Jesus coming for us and the gospel and all of that. If you don't know anything about that, I would love to tell you about how Jesus is your savior and he wants to have a relationship with you and he loves you and he died for you. But also we need saving. That's another thing. But what I'm trying to get at just this morning is that just like Jesus, the word became flesh, took on shape and form, God wants this to become take, take on shape and form in your life if you use it. Because it's still the same power. The reason that they have, they have the power is because it's a person. And the more you read the Bible, the more you learn about it, the more you let, get to know God and Jesus, who he is, what he does. You can see, right? Reading the Bible will help us discern what is truth and what is lies. The lightsaber, it's light, but it's also powerful and sharp. And it helps us separate what is of God and what isn't of God. And what we saw with Jesus that it's a spiritual weapon and we can use it to fight against the enemy. Um, if you could just put the pad on now, please. We're going to move into response um, point now where you're going to take action, okay? Um, I want us to make a decision today to not just have the word and read the word, but use the word. And not just use the word, but learn how to use it the right way. Because there's things coming up in your lives. The word also says that the word of God is like fire and like a hammer that smashes a rock into pieces. The word of God is so powerful. So I've actually got a hammer, but I'm not going to get it out now. Hammer and a lightsaber, a sword. It is powerful. But there's maybe things coming up in your life or in other people's lives that you love that things are coming against them and you've just been using faith. You've been using that shield and you've been holding it off. Let's persevere. Let's stand a bit longer. We're going to stand in faith. God responds to faith. 100%. Absolutely. But why are we forgetting what the most amazing weapon of all that he's given us, an offensive weapon that doesn't just keep the enemy at bay but actually destroys him? What if we could actually use the word of God to destroy those strongholds, those lies in our life? That fear, that anxiety, that sickness, that anger, maybe that hatred, that frustration, sin, patterns of sin, depression, mental health, whatever it might be. The Word of God is life. But it can destroy the things of the enemy, but it will only do it if you use it. 
just looking at it and having it. You might be carrying it around all day. It's not going to do anything unless you use it. And it's the same with this. So I just want us to take a moment. I think I've actually got slates with some truths and lies. I want you to ask God or have a think about what are some lies that you are dealing with, maybe, in your life. Situations, circumstances, rocks, enemy attacks, right? It's not people, it's spiritual things. Maybe you've been dealing with the lie of, I'm worthless, I'm rejected, I'm unloved, I've got, done too many bad things. I am not worthy. I don't belong to the church. I don't have a place. I've got no gifting. I am hopeless. I'm helpless. I'm depressed. Whatever things you might be dealing with, they might be very true for, for you, very real for you. They might be very real for you, but they might not be the truth that God wants you to live in, right? There are lies. You are not worthless. You are not rejected. You are loved. You are chosen. You're precious in God's sight. There's nothing that can separate you from the love of God. God loves you. He cares about you. But also, he's very clear in his word about some things that we actually can't ignore any longer. This is, I believe this is the season where we as a church are going to have to start waking up to some things that are in the Bible that we've been ignoring, not wanting to deal with. Because it's painful. But dealing with things is actually a good thing, right? Getting help Dealing with things like sickness and depression and loneliness, it can hurt and it can be difficult. But in the end, working through it, going through it, is healthy. Because you don't want to stay in that place, right? So I just want you to take a moment right now. Just close your eyes. We, the reason we do that is so that we can just focus on God and not be distracted by anything or anyone else. And I want you to think about one thing, maybe ask God to show you one thing in your life, whether that's a lie of how you see yourself, how you see others, circumstances, situations, difficulties, whatever it might be. Right now, I just want you to ask God or think about that. What is it, God, that I need to come against with the Word of God? What is it that I need to fight in my life, not in my own strength, but with your Word? And I want us to just take a minute, just think about that. I want to give you just a few seconds. Think about that. And then now, if you know the Bible and you read it well, like well, you know it well, you read it, just ask God to show you maybe a verse. Or maybe if you don't know the verse, maybe he'll give you a reference. Maybe he'll say something like, I don't know, John 10, 11. I don't know. And you'll, you'll look at the verse of the Bible and it will speak to you. Maybe God will drop a verse in your heart that you've read before and say, use this. God is strategic with these things, right? When you use a sword and a weapon, you have to be strategic. And ask the Lord, what is this word that I am to use, to pray, to declare, to use as a weapon? to speak out regularly. If you don't know the Bible, you're not familiar with, or maybe you are, but you're not quite sure, maybe there is something on the screen that will speak to you and just choose to use one of them in this moment and use one of the verses 
on the side of it. And I actually want to encourage us, can we just stand? Because when you're wearing the armor of God, you have to stand, right? It's a little bit difficult to sit in the armor of God. And we're going to stand before God. And I want you to take a moment to block, as we saw earlier, block, reject the lie, cast it to his side and acknowledge that this is a lie. I know that this is a lie because the Bible helps me see that this is not true. It might still feel very real to me right now, but that is not actually true. It's not actually what God wants me to live in right now. It's not the reality that God has for me. So um, I'm actually going to ask in a moment, not just now, but I'll say in a minute when, we'll put the pad, the music a bit louder, okay? Because the Word of God, you have to speak it. God spoke it and it happened. Thinking it in your mind, it's great that it's in your mind, but the power is when you speak it, okay? So we're going to put it louder and maybe it'll feel a little bit too loud loud for you. I apologize, but we're doing it for a purpose. I want you to feel comfortable to speak out, okay? No one else around you will hear it. So if we could just put the pad up louder in a minute and we're gonna use what we've just said, the verse of God, the word of God. We're gonna reject, block the lie of the enemy, the difficulty, the scenario, whatever is going on. We're gonna say, no, I recognize that this is not what God has for me. I recognize that this is not good. This is not right. And then I want you to reject it, cast it aside, but then use the word of God to come against it. It is written. This is what the Bible says. This is what God says. Okay? And we're going to do that in a minute. I want to encourage you to speak it out. I'm going to mute myself because I'm going to do it myself, but I want every single one of you, whether you understand this or not, I just want to encourage just focus on God. If you don't know what you're doing, that's fine. Just focus on God and just ask him to speak to you because he will if you call on him he will manifest himself he will speak to you his hand is not too short to save so I'm going to mute myself and let's actually do it okay let's block the lie recognize the lie and counterattack.
we can't finish here, that we need to carry on into later today, into Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. You might be like, Sharon, how can this change my circumstances? I dare you to try it. (laughs) How dare you to try it? They're alive, active, shape, form, create. It is sharper than a double-edged sword. How do I know that it is true? Because I've experienced it myself. I've seen it when people have prayed and used the word of God. One, le- one of my legs was shorter than the other when I was a little girl. Someone prayed for me and I saw my own leg grow. And I know that I, I couldn't have imagined it because I had people around me who said the same thing. I've had people use the word of God to pray for protection. And there would have been situations where they could have gotten into really bad car accidents. But we know that was a miracle. I know I was protected. Because the words of protection in the Bible verses that they prayed over themselves every day. I have seen where there has been lack and there's been a need for provision. And we've used, myself and Kevin, used the word of God to pray and thank God that I am not the provider, but God is a provider. He cares for me. I'm more valuable than the sparrows and he still cares for me. And I've seen God provide when we've had nothing. I know it because it's true for me. And maybe you have some of those stories. I think it's time to get some new ones. Maybe you have none. Maybe you need some new ones. I dare you to try it. Because it is the most powerful thing we have. It's the very words of God himself. All scriptures inspired by God. And they are truth and life to those who find them. Amen. Thank you for listening to this Kingdom Faith podcast. We trust it's been an encouragement to you. For more information and resources from Kingdom Faith and our other audio and video podcasts, please visit www.kingdomfaith.com.